Hey all, Blake here. This week we're doing something a little different with Wrapped Up, a special episode. This is the first of a few specials we're planning to round out the fall with, where I speak with local artists in Muncie, the place that Bike calls home. This week's conversation is with a husband and wife playwriting duo who just had their second play put on at our Civic Theater. It's an enlightening look into how they balance this passion with the other work they do in our community, as well as how making art in East Central Indiana affects their creative process. I hope you enjoy it, but stay on the lookout next week as we get back to the entertainment news you've all come to adore. Now, on to the interview. While one runs the heart of Indiana United Way and the other teaches history at the Indiana Academy for Science, Mathematics, and Humanities, as well as Ball State, they both have an award-winning hobby, playwriting. John and Jenny Marsh are the husband and wife duo behind Cat's Pajamas, a romantic comedy taking place in an old mansion in the 1920s that was just staged at the Muncie Civic Theater last month. To speak about their experience living and creating in Muncie, John and Jenny, welcome to Wrapped Up. Thank Thank you. you so much for having us, Blake. Obviously, playwriting duos like yours really much aren't a a dime for a dozen, but it is interesting for the area. So I think an interesting way to start off is tell me the story of how you both met. (laughs) Well, we met right here on campus um, and, uh, you know, found that we had common interest around history and theater. And um, it was just a it was just a kind of... um, kindred spirits yeah, coming yeah. together and and discovering that uh, over the course of our marriage we we created well together too hmm. yeah we just kind of we've always bonded over creative things whether it just be you know fun you know word and trivia games we invent for ourselves to play or you know coming up with stories and um, I think just kind of flowed out of the same kind of vein mm. so you've always had that love for theater even even beyond this relationship Yes, absolutely. I um, was very active in my drama club. I graduated from Yorktown High School Mm. and was very active and loved being on stage and um, really um, experiencing theater. And I often lamented that some of the female characters that I played were kind of one dimensional. Um, They they had, you know, one interest. They had the crush on the Mm. on the young man at work and needed to try to conquer him or they were the you know the the old lady who was looking out for the niece that Dracula had just bitten <laughs> I mean whatever the case may be it was very just kind of one dimensional and and not as um engaging and John had co-written a play um called Gettysburg which was based on the battle and and civil war and and some families and I was so intrigued by the female characters in that play because they were they were deeper. They were more meaningful. They were just um, they were the leads. Human. <laughs> they were the leads, and so that was something we kind of connected on creatively. That um, you know that was something that drove our work. That we wanted to have really strong female characters that were not just so flat and one dimensional. And then the other thing that that kind of helped drive our creativity was. We really love screwball comedies, um, you know, things that are just silly and fun and good escapism. And people love to laugh. And it's important. I think humor and, and laughing is, you know, sometimes under underappreciated in society, that it's not just a side thing, that it's very important. Mm. It's a very important way 
you know, to deal with things in your life, your relationship, your work, and so on, uh, you know, but laughing and, and just kind of keeping that spirit of, of, of fun and that ability to just kind of look at something upside down and from another angle, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really important. And it helps connect with other people as well. It gives a sense of community. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And I wanted to add what she was saying earlier about the, the uh, more interesting and powerful female characters. Um, it's, uh, it's easy to do and to write with her because she's, she is a really spirited individual, Jenny. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I've, I've actually uh, written a, a, a collection of short humorous stories that's, that's based on you know, her, you know, and our sort of, um, you know, mis- misadventures. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't have to exaggerate much. <laughs> I think when he <laughs> says a, I'm there's a lot of spirited. When you say I'm spirited, is that just a coy way of saying I'm super stubborn and it requires a lot of humor to overcome? I didn't say you were super stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> so this obviously isn't uh, the first play that, that you've written, but is this the first one that you've done together? This is the second play okay. that we wrote collaboratively. The The very first play we did was called Fixing Up, and uh, we started it in 1996. I can remember vividly sitting on the floor of our son's bedroom. He was a toddler, and we had like the tractor feed printer paper, and we were like plotting out kind of the timeline for mm for the play and making notes on it while we were trying to kind of get him wound down and put to bed. And it took years because for us to we did, Yeah, it. we didn't have much time, you know, with the young kids at home and, and jobs and all that. So then when we came back to it, actually, we wrapped it up fairly quickly um, in, a, in a year or so. Um, and then just started, you know, we sent it around uh, to some of the uh, contests and um, at the Midland Community Theater in Texas, which is it is a really big theater. It's like you know, one of the largest in yeah, the country. Yeah, it's you, you can't believe it's a community theater. Um, and they had uh, for years and years and years a, a an annual comedy playwriting festival called the McLaren um, Festival. And so what they did is the um, the judging group picked out the top three plays. And then they had an audience in and they would um, read the first act to them. And then the audience would vote which one they wanted to see produced. And we were fortunate that ours won. And um, so it was produced for a full month of, of runs, 15 or so productions, I think, in, in May of 2015. And uh, just, you know, an absolutely wonderful experience um, to be there and to see that and, and all and when we went to Midland, Texas, the show was fully produced. So we got to see it. Mm. And there were a few moments, not many, just a couple that were like, you know, that that line didn't land like we thought it would. Or could we maybe have altered the way this was staged a little bit? And so we went back and, and made some edits to it. And, you know, it it's a, it's a fun play. We really enjoy it. There are several things about it that are also true to real life experiences <laughs> yeah. that we that we had, um, and and some very exaggerated uh, experiences that we had. But um, the thing that made Cat's Pajamas, our second play that we co-wrote, so very special, 
was that Muncie Civic Theater was such an incredible partner mm-hmm. in that work. Um, really one of the most amazing community theaters and their commitment to really bringing quality productions to stage, but also just how they engage with the community and the way that they um, bring in different community partners and different approaches and how inclusive they are. It's just an incredible organization. Laura Williamson, the the executive director, she's just done a phenomenal job and, uh, you know, just bringing people together and getting them enthusiastic and, you know, so much of that is, is just driven by volunteer work, you know, and you have to have a really dynamic, exciting, uh, you know, feel for, for, for that to go. And she and, and the others there, they've just done a great job. So we, in recent years, we've been, we've been going more and more to the Muncie Civic shows and just been totally impressed by the way they staged the productions and, and, and just just how well done they were. And so we thought when we got Cat's Pajamas done, we thought, well, let's let's start locally. Uh, you know, this this is this is a great group, um, uh, Muncie Civic, and we'd, we'd be proud to partner with them. And um, and so we just, you know, had some discussions and um you know, you know, landed on this route. Mm. So Michael O'Hara, who was the director, had um, some fantastic experience with the Eugene O'Neill Festival and um, had been a, a fellow there for two years, I think he said, yeah. maybe three. And this is kind of a development model that they used. Mm. So um, it ended up being, you know, pretty much a fully staged production. Um, uh, it kind of grew more than we originally thought it would. But we, it, it was, you know, it was able production. to work. Uh, but it was a condensed time instead of six weeks rehearsal. It was three weeks, and there and we did make some changes. Um, you know, which was which was good. They, I think, there were good changes. Not huge, not big structural changes, but um, I think that those were improvements and um, just a just a really fun process and. Um, the audiences responded very well. Hmm. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned earlier about uh, that story of sitting in your toddler's bedroom and having the printer paper all you know out across the floor and, and charting stuff. I think that's a side of playwriting or really art in many ways that we don't see with mm-hmm. artists is not just the background to how they create their work, but especially when it comes to artists who have families or who ha- who volunteer or have careers outside of, you know, this, this hobby that they really love, we don't often get to hear those stories. So what is it like balancing those elements of family and, you know, two very important careers in this community with this love of theater as well? Um, sometimes we don't get to spend as much time on the theater part <laughs> as we want. The day jobs really kind of encroach on that work-life balance. I'm I'm envious of my kids. Um, that toddler is now 28 almost. Mm-hmm. 28 in December. Can you believe that? Um, no, you can't because I look so young. Right now. <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, 28 and... Um, He's, he's just so good about work-life balance. He knows like when to quit, when to go for a walk, when to, you know, take time for himself. And, and that's just not how I was raised or taught to work and, you know, being an older gal, how to kind of prove myself in the workplace. Um, 
And so uh, finding that work-life balance where we can spend time, but any time I get to spend with this guy, Mm -hmm. um, he makes me laugh so much, which is kind of the hallmark of our marriage. We've had some hard, painful things that have mm, happened in our life. Does. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, being able to approach it with humor. And I, I think that's, that's the strength. I mean, we're coming up on our 30th anniversary and being able to make each other laugh to overcome some of those struggles has been really, really mm-hmm. important, but finding the time to work on things. Um, the second play that we wrote, we were able to create in a more um, shortened timeline, I think, partly because something happened um, in, amidst creating it. We, you know, kind of start from a place of what are some fun things that we'd like to try to accomplish with, with the next um, play. And so, I love murder mysteries. Um, and so I was like, could we do a farce that's a murder mystery? You know, has that been done? And what if we put a ghost story into it? And what if we kind of created this quirky cast of Roaring Twenties characters? Well, wouldn't one be a World War One veteran? And what might he be like coming into a situation that's kind of screwy? And, um, you know, just how, how might we, you know, and it just kind of snowballs as we're just kind of spitballing things. I ran across one of my notebooks that I'd kept in my purse and at some breakfast had scrolled out a bunch of notes and potential names for characters and things. And so, you know, it's just those little moments where you find time on the weekend where you create things. And then we did something wild um, for spring break which was the first week of March in 2020. And, you know, over 25 years of marriage, we took a trip, a week-long trip, just the two of us. Mm. And we flew down to Florida. Yeah, and um, it, we had, you know, a notebook with the outline and uh, what we wanted to do and the characters and so on. But we were able to spend the kind of time, you know, sitting sitting on the beach and, you know, so on, um, just really digging into it so that uh, when we got back, we were ready to write. Mm. And one of the other things I wanted to add about the, how do, how do you, how do we work it in? How do we find time to do it? It's a wonderful thing when we have it far enough along that we're trying to figure out scenes in our mind, because that gives you something that's kind of an escape from work to think on, you know, and so instead of worrying about, you know, other things while you're trying to fall asleep, I'm, you know, worrying about, or not worried about, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about noodling on how could we make this happen? And wait a minute, that person has got to be out of the room for this and so on and so forth. Um, And it's just, it's just fun to be able to have that and have that in mind. And of course, sometimes you wake up with an answer and, you know, in mind. And I don't know if you caught the year that we took that trip finally, no, but we come back and everything shuts down. Right. And we, yeah, suddenly, we got back a week before airports and everything were shut And down. suddenly our, our work pressures are like through the roof. I mean, John's got to take all of his, you know, awesome performance in the classroom. I mean, truly, he, he comes in dressed as characters and acts things out and does these fantastic simulations with students in a classroom. And he's got to figure out how to translate that into a Zoom and virtual setting. Mm. And suddenly I'm like, I run a United Way. I need to know what's happening. So we're convening 100 people on a Zoom call between foundations and nonprofits and local emergency leaders and healthcare providers trying to figure out how do we best support the most vulnerable in our community during this really tough time. 
So by the time we could get that work put to bed enough, this play became great escapism through the mm. pandemic. And um, and we, we've developed uh, uh, kind of a, a mechanic, a way we do it that seems, that seems to work. Um, so all of the ideas, the setting, the characters, the plot, we worked that all out together. You know, we, you know, we brainstormed the, the whole thing. And then once we have that sort of in mind and, and what certain scenes might be, then I'll sit down and enter it in, you know, enter a draft scene. And then she'll read it and, you know, edit it. And, hey, I think, you know, don't we want this character to be more like this? And I'm not sure they'd say that here. And this, we, we can cut this. And then I'll go back and re-enter it. So um, it works for us. Um, you know, so, I mean, it is truly a collaborative effort. Um, uh, but we have, you know, kind of a mechanic with tasks there that, that works. It's kind of funny, a friend of ours said, how do, you, how do you write plays together? He said, I can't believe that. My wife and I painted the den together and it resulted in a divorce. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, and I think the other part of it is um, we, we're not, we're not desperately trying to do it to make income and mm. in our career. You know, if we were, you know, if we were young and this is, you know, this is what we were dying to do and become, you know, and our ego was heavily tied up in it, you know, it would perhaps feel more mm. stressful. Um, There's so, a lot more love. There's a lot yes. more passion there. When we decided we wanted to do this for us, um, and then hopefully we can share it with others and, and get to see it on stage. I think that kind of turned a corner in, in, in a way on it. And then the other thing I wanted to go back to when she said, you know, we, 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 we thought we wanted to do something that was kind of detective and murder mystery. And so I, I like the murder mysteries too, but she's the one who's just a huge fan of it. And I'm a little <laughs> more squeamish about having bodies dropping everywhere. She's, she, she's fine with it, but you know, I'm like, well, <laughs> do we have to really kill people? And, you know, <laughs> There's nothing more deadly than an English village. Oh my gosh, she watches these English murder mysteries and, and it but lets you know never live in a small village in England because they're killing each other all the time. It's a bloodbath. As I say on a Saturday, these Brits aren't gonna kill themselves. I've got to sit down and watch these murder mysteries. I, I do I do enjoy them and I love a puzzle and I think you know, working a play is like working a puzzle. Mm. Like John said earlier, you know, you've got to figure out who needs to be in the room, where and when, and what do they need to see, and how are we going to, you know, try to contrive a situation where, where folks are interacting and playing off of each other. And we really love the farce setup where you've got a lot of characters, they all want something different, everything falls apart, and then like magic, like pulling a string, it all just comes back together mm -hmm. and just ties up in a little bow um, and everybody there's gets misunderstandings what they want. and there's people coming in and out of you know lots of doors and stairs and you know and those kinds of things but um, I think the thing that makes it really fun is when you've got characters that the audience loves and that was one of the things that was so special about cats pajamas because we loved working with the actors that were cast in it and they worked so hard to really help us flesh out those characters and um, yeah they did a great and, job and, super and, creative 
and they embraced fully what was in the script and just really built upon it, their energy that they brought to it. Um, so many talented people here in Muncie um, made that happen. So that was, that was super special. Hmm. I'm interested to hear more about your experience sharing this thing that's obviously very personal to the both of you with others. Mm -hmm. I know that whenever, you know, you have a piece of art or, you know, a, a writing or a piece of literature, something that you put a lot of your soul into, it can be a little frightening or intimidating to share with other people that might not see it the same way you do. Yeah. What Absolutely. is that? What is that experience like for the both That's, of you? That is a great question, and in, in, in the creative process, and and I think it's taken me years <laughs> to to fully understand this. But w when you're when you're creating something, whatever it is, you know, painting, composing, you know, writing something, you have to have a certain belief that you that that you have something worth doing or saying. You have to have a certain confidence. You have to have a certain you know, I can really do this. In fact, I can make something better than has been done. Um, or, or, or you wouldn't do it. You know, the, the canvas just stays blank. But then when you go to share, you're exactly right. that it's, it's very personal and you put a lot into it and a lot of belief. You have to then be able to sort of pivot and, you know, you know tamp the ego that, that made you believe you could do this. You have to tamp that down. If you're going to be in a collaboration with other people, um, and uh, of course we we have to do that with each other, and not be you know oh this is the, this is the one right way I you know I I know uh, even though we don't necessarily always agree on every uh, every step you know in in the process, but eventually the the collaboration will will find a way. So I think that enabled us to get to a point where, you know, after, after the show here recently, there was an audience feedback and so on. And, and several people were saying, how, you know, how can you, how can you, isn't that hard to sit there and listen to people, you know, giving critiques. And, um, it, it, it probably would have been for me many years ago, but <laughs> I mean, now, I, I, you know, we kind of feel we're at the point where, okay, you can let that go and then just listen because other people, you know, have wonderful ideas, you know? So, um, don't give up on the believing you have something to say and that you can that you can do it. Uh, but at the same time, you got to recognize when there's times you, you got to relax a little bit and just listen. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, during the talk back time after the play, we were just listening and writing. You know, we're writing down uh, things and answering questions if they had any. And so. it was it was a really great part of the process with the second play that you had the feedback from the audience because it you know we could test something by listening to the audience's reaction right those lines that we wrote that we thought were funny if they laughed we're like okay that's good and the thing that made us chuckle that it's crickets in mm -hmm. the theater okay maybe we can cut that because really i mean if or it's not it funny bit. if it's not funny or moving the plot forward it doesn't belong in the play we like it fast paced and and on point and so so that was valuable feedback but listening to the audience's reaction um, we had 20s jargon and cat's pajamas because it was set in 1929, right? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to, you know, really kind of hear how did it play? Were there enough contextual clues to know what it was? We had a little cheat in the program that you could look things up as, as they were going. 
Um, and so some people really love the 1920s jargon. A couple people said, this is a little confusing. And so all of that feedback is helpful. But like John said, you've got to kind of weigh it against what, what your gut tells you is the right thing as the creator. And sometimes you defer to your gut. And sometimes, you know, you just have to, like John said, check the ego and, and take the feedback and advice and apply it as appropriate. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned you were from Yorktown and you both uh, attended Ball State together. Mm -hmm. Have you always remained in Muncie after you graduated or did your journey take you somewhere else and then you came back? I'm interested, curious yeah. to hear more about that. We yeah. were we were in um, Branson, Missouri uh, in the theater business. We were co-owners of the theater that produced um, Gettysburg, the play that I co-wrote uh, with, with uh, some family members. And so, so that was quite an amazing experience um and then we then we came back to indiana to to raise our our family and uh, we lived in peru indiana for 13 years um john ran really, the grissom air museum up there and i i had my own communications consulting business for a number of years and then ended up working for the community foundation of miami county which is a fund affiliate of the northern indiana community foundation hey you can still just rattle that right now. <laughs> right um and that's that's really kind of where my nonprofit career began mm -hmm. Um, and then back in we 2008, we, we moved back home to Muncie. I mean, I'm as local as you get. My maiden name's McGalliard. So, um, <laughs> it was nice to kind of return to a community that knew how to spell that. Mm, yeah. Um, and my grandparents were still alive here and my parents are here. And, and, and um, came back uh, when I took the job teaching at the Indiana Academy for Science, Mathematics, and Humanities. So, um, yeah, so that, that Ball State, that tie. Um, is what brought us back, and then she went to work for Ball State uh, in development um, there. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's interesting how we how we kind of came full circle. Mm. What do you find special about making art here versus maybe making art where you've been before? In some ways, it's a little more nerve wracking. Um, you know, we live here, we work here, we're gonna you know, put this play that we put together here. Um, so I'm like sitting in the audience, thinking everything through, hoping that people like it, that there's nothing in it that could, you know, offend or hurt. I mean, I just, I, I'm very empathetic. I want to make sure that it's a good experience for everyone, which is probably not realistic, but I always want people to enjoy the experience. So in some ways it's, it's a little more nerve wracking to put yourself out there where you've and, been born, raised and, still live and work and a number of people came to support us right as, as a favor to us and and we wanted to wanted them to really enjoy it and um and and i think they i think they did i mean it it we just couldn't have been happier with the way it came out mm. um but uh yeah like you said it was different than you know say when we went to texas to see it if it uh, you know fortunately it, it worked out great there and the audiences loved it but you know, if they hadn't, then, you know, we still would have been flying back home to Indiana. Mm. But as, as Never have said, to see those people as, yes. right. <laughs> here, <laughs> the audience is filled with people we work with and Your neighbors. every yeah, day. Yeah. You're going to run into them at the grocery store, yeah, right? You, know, and, <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, they didn't like my play. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't really want to hear, well, that was interesting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, it, you know, it put it puts a different a different spin on it. At the same time, being here locally, I feel like 
gives us an opportunity to have that that safety net and that support. I mean, we knew Laura Williamson from being here locally. And so we're like, could you read this play? Just let us know what you think. Um, that was how Cat's Pajamas was originally presented to her. We just value you as a theater aficionado, you know, <laughs> tell us what you think of this play. Um, and having that kind of supportive network of friends, colleagues, people here in the community that you can just say, how does this, how does this read to you? How does this sit? Um, It's very valuable. Mm -hmm. We've just got an incredible group of people here in Muncie. And when you think about Delaware County too, I mean, just all the different supports that we have for the arts, all the different foundations, all the different um, spaces where people are creative, like the, the box box um, project where you've got all this artwork on these utility boxes, really mm. making our community way more prettier than it, than it otherwise would with all these ugly utility boxes. Now they're, they're works of art. Mm. I mean, you think of the different creative ways that the people in our community express themselves and just the support you have to be creative here. It's a very special place. That involvement gives people a better sense of, place or an appreciation for that sense of place as well as an appreciation for a sense of community and it grows that exactly Mm -hmm. well said yes and and where i can tell you wherever cat's pajamas goes and where you know if we're fortunate to get it you know published as we hope down the road it's always going to say first performed at muncie civic Mm. theater um you know it's always you know we're going to make sure that's that that's in there um because that's that's an important connection. Mm. Speaking of that, what are your future plans, either for this play or or beyond? Do you have anything? And I know that I know this just finished, <laughs> but do you have anything beyond this that you're immediately thinking about? Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got a third play in the works right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and in the short term, there's there's a there's a few more tweaks we want to do with the script. Um, uh, you know, thanks to that audience yeah, feedback. Thanks to the audience feedback and the actors and 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 so on, and uh, so we'll get that uh, going. And and we actually may even tweak um, fixing up our previous play a little bit. Um, and now that we have two of them, um, we've we've learned that it's it's probably going to be a little easier to get noticed than just one. And you know, we have another one in the works and so on. Um, so we we will try to get it. Uh, published by one of the uh, publishers that then can distribute to, you know, theaters that want to put it on. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, you know, look 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 at the new listings. Say, hey, here's new plays, and 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 put it on. Now, you know, in the theater business now, um, um, maybe not all of them are 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 looking. You know, for just the lighter sort of farce comedy and hmm. you know some of them really have the oh we want really deep social commentary and whatever so um but there definitely are places to appeal and the bottom line people always love to laugh they just they always love to be taken out of themselves for for a couple of hours and just you know enjoy some characters and and have fun with it and feel good at the end um, and so we, we think there'll always be a place for that, but we do want to, we do want to take it on. I mean, uh, this is not just a, Oh, that was nice. We're done. We're going to keep going. 
So we're hoping to get the cast together to do another reading of our, our edits to Cat's Pajamas based on audience feedback and see how it sits with them. I mean, they've lived with these characters for three weeks and see if, if everything sounds good and works for them. And we're looking forward to having some pizza and reconnecting with them over this play. Mm. Is there anything else you would like to add about creating here in Muncie or your playwriting journey that you think is important for the audience to know? Go for it. Believe in yourself. I would say to anyone who, who is thinking about, oh, I could, you know, I could write songs. I could, you know, maybe I could paint. Maybe I could learn to sculpt or whatever. Go for it. A absolutely. You know, do it. Um, creativity is just it's something we we value personally very highly, but it, it's extremely important. And um, um, I would just say to potential creators, there's always barriers. There's always barriers. Um, people that say you can't do it or it'll be too hard or the stuff is not around. Or but the biggest barrier is always your, yourself. You know, saying, "Oh well, who am I to write something good?" You know, other people do that. You know, no people people like you do it. So um, go for it. I, I would piggyback on that too. I mean, whatever your your expression of creativity is. Um, go for it. Whether you're the actor that breathes life into the character and those spaces between the lines that just becomes the character and really makes it transformational, or whether you're the person writing the lines, whether you want to make a TikTok video or become a vlogger, or if you want to go out and make a movie, I mean, just go, go for it. This is a very incredibly talented and supportive community, and uh, you can absolutely do it right here in Muncie, Indiana. Mm -hmm. Well, that was John and Jenny Marsh behind the romantic comedy Cat's Pajamas. John and Jenny, thank you so much for being here, and I appreciate the conversation. Thanks thank for you having so us, much, Blake. Blake. Appreciate it. <laughs>